Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Julie Bartkiss. Julie is the leading authority on workplace transformation. Over the past 20 years, she has helped leaders across the globe transform their workplace culture from negative and destructive to happy and productive. Her approach is a holistic one as her clients know that a personal transformation is required to achieve a total team transformation. Through her hands-on research, Julie has identified over 30 staff demotivators that drain team members of their motivation and has developed the DRIVE method to help leaders attract the right staff to support their vision. Her total team transformation system has propelled leaders out of feeling stuck and lost to experiencing tremendous joy and attracting, interviewing, hiring, motivating, and retaining the team of their dreams. Today in this conversation, Julie and I are talking all about motivating and retaining team members, what to do when you're identifying that team members just don't seem motivated, what to do when there's problems between your team members, and even what to do before you take the moves to fire a team member because you believe they're not working out. There is so much valuable information in this episode, so let's jump right into it and hear all from Julie on how to motivate your team so they can be successful and you feel like you're getting the proper value out of the money that you are paying them. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I love the name of your podcast because that's what it's all about, growing teams. Yes, we believe so too. Yeah, that (laughs) is our passion. It's my passion, my philosophy. And yes, I want to help everybody grow the team that they need for business success. Yeah, and it's, it's such an important part of the equation. It is. So before we go off talking, let's (laughs) tell everybody who you are. So can you take a moment to tell everybody who you are and the business that you run? Sure. So I've been uh, working with owners and leaders for the past 20 years, helping them transform their workplaces. So we really look at everything from the staff that we're attracting to how we're motivating or inspiring our team. So there's really many different components to it, but the biggest place where I get my joy is that a lot of times we have leaders who disconnect from the heart of their business. They fall out of love with what they created. And when we look at the why that that happens, it's primarily because of what's going on with staff with what's going on with their team. 
So when I ask my clients, well, what is it that I've really done for you? They'll come back and say, well, you know, you've really helped me reconnect to the heart of my business and just feel on fire with what I want to bring to life again. And that's a really nice compliment. And that's a really nice thing to think about because I could say, oh, well, I've been doing staff motivation for, you know, 20 plus years, but I think it goes deeper into really impacting a leader's life in a profound way. Yeah, I, I love that. One of the things that I always tell people is like when they're going to start growing their team, they don't want to go from spending all their time doing the task to then spend all their time managing the task. You know, they're growing a team so they can do more in their business. And so I feel that's really important because if your team's draining your energy, you're not going to like being in your business anymore. And if you're not liking it, you're not going to put in the effort that needs to be put in to grow it and have it succeed and have it be what you really want it to be. Exactly. You're going to forget why you're doing what you're doing in the first place, you know, and, and staff can come into the picture and take over everything you're doing, especially if there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of craziness going on. It can be like, wait a second. I thought it was going to be all like lollipops and slumber parties and, you know, unicorn. I have great people working with me. We all love what we do and we go home, but many leaders find that there's so much more to it and they were kind of blindsided by it. They didn't know that there was something involved with really managing and motivating and inspiring their team. Right. Exactly. So when businesses are getting to that point where they're realizing that they're not loving it anymore and their team's the cause, where do you have them start? Or do they even know sometimes that the team's the cause, or do you really have to help them identify that? Well, I think most people know that the team is is the cause. However, I'm going to change that a little bit. And we've been talking to teams and for over 20 years doing what I call a workplace detox, which is clearing out what's not working in your workplace. And a lot of times we think like, well, there's drama, negativity, gossip, people aren't calling out, people aren't showing up, I'm not attracting the right people. And we can look at those things as the cause of our headache, but we could also look at those things as really the symptom. And it's gotta be the symptom of something else that's going on. And that's the thing to really understand is symptomatically, well, what's really causing these things to happen? So we could say the cause is the gossip, but I tell you what, You know, most people, and you know this from your experience in hiring and bringing the right team members on board for multiple organizations, is that you know that people don't apply for a job and and start working in a company so that they could come and be negative and fill the drama and gossip. There's something in the workplace that is causing that. And that's the bigger picture to look at. That's the bigger question to answer is, all right, well, what's the real cause of what's going on, of what I'm experiencing. And if you could swallow that pill as tough as it is, then you're gonna get to the real thing that you need to change to really make managing your team as dreamy, which is one of my favorite words, and joyous as it can be. Yes, I love all that. Like I agree 100%. Like I always have to tell people, if you have a bad employee, one bad employee, you could possibly blame it on that person because right. you know you can't control everything. But if it becomes a series, if it becomes a habit, if everyone you're hiring, if everyone you're leading is the same, where you 
you're not liking them. They're not meeting expectations. You're classifying them as a bad team member. It's not their fault. It is something else. And typically that something else is, is you. It's, it's hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem, but sometimes you have to admit that you're the problem. You are the cause of the problem because if you don't, it's never going to get fixed. Mm, mm, so true and so wise, you know, and if you could really look at it like, oh, I'm really responsible for everything I created because with your people, you either hired them, you didn't fire them, you coached them, you didn't coach them. There's something that's going on from the top down. And if you're in this, what I call a repeating pattern where you're dealing with the same kind of employee issue, you have needy employees or you're not attracting the right people. There's a repeating pattern and there's only one constant variable in that. And that is the person who's doing the hiring. That's, that's typically you as the leader. Yeah. Or the person doing the managing that creates the needy employees. I always say micromanagement is a cycle. You create needy employees and you teach them that they need to depend on you, which then makes you think that, oh my goodness, they can't do anything without me, which you then continue the cycle of you make the needy employee, they depend on you because they're afraid to do anything without you. No, absolutely. And I think this is one area where leaders really have to think about where they're getting their validation from. Because a lot of times we're getting our validation from people needing us to fix things for them, uh, for people needing us to like solve the problems. And we go home at the end of the day, go, woo, I solved 575 problems today. And, you know, we really need to be thinking about, you know, I need to be getting my validation from a different place. And that needs to be a happy, dynamic, motivated team who is on fire and inspired about the vision. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we identify that we're the problem. Mm. What, what's next? Like what, what do you start doing? Because, all right, not only is it hard to identify that you're the problem. And then that's that internal thing where you have to accept like, okay, I wasn't doing things exactly as I should be. Now, in order to fix it, you typically have to outwardly express to other people that you made mistakes and things aren't going well because of you. You know, that's true. And that is a very powerful part of what we teach is that you really got to then once you gain the awareness, because awareness is key. And a lot of leaders will walk around for years, not having the awareness. I've been told over and over, Julie, come on in and fix my staff, fix them and make them better for me. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't fix them unless we start at the top, which might mean, you know, changing some things up from what you're doing. But we have to understand what specifically we're doing that's causing a chain reaction of negative events to unfold. And in my study of teams for over 20 years, we've identified 30 or 40 things that I call staff demotivators, meaning that if they come into our workplace, they are motivated, they are excited um, to be a part of our team. And then a day later or a week later, a month later, their motivation levels start plummeting it tells me that there's a factor in the workplace that's draining them. And yeah, we have to take full responsibility for those factors being present as a leader. And if we could get really specific and say, well, what is it specifically that I'm doing that's causing this chain reaction, then I know what I could stop doing. 
And that's one question that I really encourage leaders to think about is not necessarily, and I've, I've had this conversation for, for many years, is Julie, what do, what do I need to do to have a motivated team? What do I need to do so that they do their job? What do I need to do so they come into work happy? I'm like, well, you know what? I think we need to think about, well, what is it that you need to stop doing? Because there's something that we are doing that's getting you the certain symptom or the certain effect that's happening. But now what's the true cause of that? So when you say, yeah, now that you've, you have this awareness, now you have to communicate to people and that's true. And that's one huge transformational strategy is to go to your team and say, you know what, I've realized I've been doing this and I realized that it's not so motivating and I would really like to do this differently. So here's what I'm gonna communicate or commit to doing for the next 30 days. And I want your help. I want you to hold me accountable for this to see how I do. And a lot of times they're thinking in their minds about what they wish you would be doing differently. So when they start hearing it from your lips and they're, they're really sensing the sincerity and the authenticity, they're going to be like, whoa, something's going to change here. And I'm kind of excited about this. So they're going to be cheering you on in the background. I, I love the way that you phrase that because... I feel like one of the problems that tends to happen is when employees and staff and stuff, they're, they're not motivated. It almost comes off like maybe even the manager's doing this thing and is realizing the cause, but almost puts it on like the employee of, we have to fix what's going on and they don't really take it on to themselves. So the way, way you phrase that, it's like, hey, I realized I like, you know, taking the ownership. And then it's like, okay, and it needs to change because I'm realizing that it's impacting you. Like I am realizing that I'm impacting you. And it's like, they already know or might know that it's you that's impacting their motivation, their attitude, their emotions, and their whole self when they come in. And the fact that you're recognizing that and owning up to it, yeah, it's going to help that that better uh, bridge of communication and trust during the process. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with, with all of that. And, um, and it rebuilds and it makes people into your raving fans too. And even if you're like, you know, I've, I've been screwing up all along and I've been throwing what I call band-aids over everything. So we have an issue and we do a team building activity and we do this and we just get results for like a day and then everything goes back to the way it was. Even if you've been doing things that way, there's so much hope for transformation because people love, you know, stories of transformation. People love stories of how you can triumph over things not being right. So once you get them involved and you have that kind of conversation, they're going to be cheering for you, if not out loud, secretly at first. And a transformation can happen really pretty quick when you do it right. And when you know what to do to reinforce the transformation. Right. Exactly. And I'll save you a ton of time, a ton of money. (laughs) Right. It reminds me of just like going back to I feel like where people get stuck when it comes to like their team being motivated and and everything before they recognize that they're the problem is some of the things that I often hear and maybe you hear this too is people should just be thankful for a paycheck and that they have a job and yes and why can't people just be as motivated about the company as I am when you're the one it's your company you've built it from the ground up and like you put your blood sweat and tears in and 
-hmm. they're really just a worker. They're never going to be as motivated. And a paycheck isn't the main motivation for almost anybody. Yeah. And I wrote an article a while ago about uh, why your staff are turning into robots, because I've heard that over and over again that, hey, staff members are just coming in to collect a paycheck. Why is this going on? And we have to think, and this is why I love the name of your, your podcast, Growing Teams, is because growth is a motivator. And actually growth is one of the top motivators. But if we start thinking too much for our staff and not empowering them uh, to make decisions, you know, and maybe it's even like they have a day off of work or they call in sick and you're like, oh, this is the opportunity to go into their workspace, make a few changes or do something because they're not here. Then we are disempowering them and then they're gonna stop thinking in the workplace. And that's one of the worst things that we could have happen is people stop thinking. But there's a way to continuously charge them emotionally and intellectually so they keep thinking and they keep bringing their best. So we can really, as a manager, fuel that so that we do have people who think and who are empowered and who are excited about the vision. Yes, I love that. Okay. So we talked a little bit about realizing that you have a problem going on. A lot of our listeners are building that first team. So they're getting ready to make that new hire. So they haven't made the mistakes yet. Any tips for those people of how do you do it right from the start? How do you empower them? How do you motivate them? How do you create this environment where they feel like they have that, that a proper authority level in their role? especially when it's your first team member. So you're having to get over those delegation fears and allowing someone to do the work on your behalf. Yes. Or even knowing how to delegate and all that good stuff. But even if you're looking at your first one, I want you to think about where you want your business to grow. Is it going to stop with one person or is there going to be five or is there going to be 10? And I really want you to hop into that place where it's like, you're not just hiring one, where you're going to be having a team of 10 working for you. And I want you to think about what would you be doing to position that person for success? And it's going to be in the dialogue that you have with the person, as well as what orientation process do you have in place? And I know sometimes if we're just one and it's going to just be one, we might not have that big of an orientation process, but we're going to have a certain kind of communication style. So start thinking about what is your vision for your business with how many people you want to work for you? What is your vision for communication? And what is your vision for how you're going to orientate these people to really learn the way that you want them to do things? And that could be culturally, that could be any kind of thing that you could possibly imagine. So if you're thinking about it, I also encourage you to to make a little list And create a list of the things, if you've worked for somebody else in the past, and most of us have have had at least one boss, but if you've worked for somebody, you know, make a list of uh, the the top traits, of the, the top best traits of somebody who you worked for, and then make a list of the worst person you ever worked for. And what you want to do is really make a commitment to yourself that you are not going to possess the traits of the worst person that you ever worked for, that you're gonna really work towards incorporating the best characteristics so that every single boss that that impacted you in such a positive way becomes part of how you manage your team. So purposefully decide ahead of time how you want to be perceived. 
and what's going to feed into that perception of who you're going to be as a leader, as a manager. I love that. Like I'm thinking back, uh, cause I'm getting ready when, as we're recording this episode, it's a Friday, my first official employee starts on Monday. So I'm super excited. So I might be going through this exercise myself over the weekends, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking back of like, okay, the managers that were not my favorite managers and two come to the top of my mind. And actually like they were, they were so bad. This is when I was, um, one was an internship and the other one was a job working for small businesses that almost made it to the point where even though I always wanted to run my own small my small business, I was just like, oh my God, if this is the person you have to be to run a business, to run a small business, I'm like, I don't, I can't, I, I don't want to do that. So I feel like looking back and saying, okay, why was that such a tension-filled relationship? Like what was going on there? And then, yeah, make a plan to not be that person and yeah. balance it out with the managers that I that I loved, that really helped shape my career, helped motivate me and keep me engaged at work. Yeah. And and it's so important to look at that and purposely decide because a lot of times we just get thrown into the fire. Even if we're just hiring our first person, it's like, then things start happening. And then it's like, you start questioning yourself, like, did I make the right hiring decision? And, and how's this going to, you know, flow? And if there's anything else, I really think that with employees, it's really important to to over-communicate. And also to, when there is a discrepancy, like when there's something that happens or comes up where it's like, oh, this didn't go as planned, you know, really ask yourself and ask your employee, hey, this was the anticipated outcome. This is what I saw happen. Where was the gap? Where could I have coached you better? Where could I have trained you better? Where could I have communicated better? And let's close this gap and let's use this experience as a launching pad for improvement. Yes. Yes. I love that. Once again, taking the ownership of it's not you screwed up. Why did you screw up? It was where could I have done better to help you understand what was needed? Absolutely. And if you have a pen and paper out, I would write this down. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's about what works. And you're going to be tested as a leader. You're going to be tested as a manager. And your ego's going to jump like sky high saying, well, hang on a second here. I'm not wrong in this situation. And pride's going to come into there. And you've really got to put a big red X through those words and focus on what works. So write it down. It's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's about what works. And sometimes it's just really interesting to just take a step back. And I physically do this. I'll take a step back and I'll look at the situation. I'll go, hmm, isn't this interesting? We've arrived here. Now, what's the desired outcome and how do we get to that place? Yes. Yes. Love it. Mm. And I'm going to share a link in the show notes for everybody. It's to a podcast that uh, with Nikki Roush and she is a sales expert and uh, it just like goes back to like what Julie is talking about, where it's not about being right, like that type of thing. And I think the title of the podcast was you're right, but now you lost a client. And it was like, just talk about those things. Like sometimes being right, isn't 
the end all be all like so go listen to that podcast episode of Nikki's because it really complements this and it brings it shows it in a different light too so obviously we're talking about employees and you know Julie's put giving us a lot of great expertise around there and you probably have maybe other resources around that too that we can talk about but go listen to Nikki's as well because it just sometimes it's you just need to hear the same thing from a different perspective yeah, and there are so many different parallels, too, when it comes to, you know, managing clients and managing staff. And one of them that I like to share is that it's really important that you, and this is something some people don't like the saying, but I think it's really important. It's important to underpromise and over-deliver. So a lot of times we have managers who are walking around, leaders are saying, yep, 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 I'll do that, I'll do that, yep, yep, yep. And we're like a politician on the politician trail. And then you forget what it is that you committed to by the end of the day. So have a way that you're going to be documenting your promises and your commitments. And then if people ask something of you and you really want to, you know, overdo it, go ahead and over deliver. And that's going to leave a big impression uh, on their mind of you, like, wow, you know, she really went overboard on this one for me. I, I so appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what if you identify that there's an issue going on with your team where one team member is not really feeling motivated, but it really is a problem where that the demotivators is coming from a particular team member. So one team member is impacting the other team member. Two things there, I guess, for my question is, one, is there something that you're possibly doing or how should you be changing your behavior so you don't have two team members like in these situations? And two, how do you work that situation where it really is the one team members kind of they're the cause of, well, maybe not the root root cause, but they're part of the cause for the, what this other team member is feeling. Yeah. And I know that we're talking generalities here, but I really try to encourage leaders and owners of businesses to help cultivate a culture of responsibility. Meaning we're saying, okay, I'm responsible for this. I'm responsible that I feel this way. And a lot of times when it comes to one employee feeling one way about another employee, Oftentimes it's a matter of being triggered. It's not even necessarily of what's going on in the moment. So it depends upon the situation that we're talking about. But what I find happens a lot is that one employee is triggered by another employee to feelings of not being good enough or insecurity. And this person said something and they didn't even mean any harm by it. But now we took it personally. And now it's like, oh, now I feel this way and I can't talk to this person anymore. So it really depends upon what the situation is. But I think in every situation that unfolds, is that if you as an owner, you as a leader, you as a manager, talk to your employees, and if somebody comes to you and says, hey, so-and-so just did this and it's really bothering me, you could ask empowering questions like, well, what is it that you would ideally like to have happen? And then you ask that person after they tell you, oh, well, I would have really liked her to do this and this and this and this, then you could ask, well, how can you take responsibility for making that happen? Oh, well, I can have a conversation with her. I can bring that up in our next team meeting. So you really put her into or, or him into a responsibility mode because otherwise many people are walking around being victimized in the workplace, unnecessarily so, right? Everybody's triggering everybody and everybody's you know looking for a place to plug in their neediness to like, all right, who's gonna fill my cup today? Where if we cultivate an environment that is really based upon everybody taking self-responsibility it becomes a much more empowering environment to work in. And it does take work to get it there. 
But that would be one recommendation. The other one is to make sure that you're doing consistent one-on-one -on -one meetings, even if you just have one employee where you are purposely sitting down and having a meeting with that person to talk about the things that they could be doing more or differently to bring the vision to life. Yes. That's really important. Yes. I am a big fan of the one-to-one -one meetings. I will yeah. say when I was a first-time manager, I put them on my schedule because I was told to, and then I was constantly canceling them because I was like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. Like, and I finally, I think it was after I was out on maternity leave and came back and I was just like, okay, I need to have these conversations with my team because I need to know what was going on when I was gone, like get caught up in everything. And then I was like, kind of switched my thought process with them. And I was like, okay, we don't need to talk about their running to-do list. Let's talk about like bigger picture things. Let's talk about other things. And it just really, and I made a point. I was like, I'm not canceling these meetings unless there's a business reason why I have to. And it just built these better relationships with my team. They started talking to me more about uh, different things that were going on. We'd had more conversations around their goals and where they wanted to move in the company. When things okay. happened and went wrong, my team was more empowered to take care of them because they really understood their level of authority and responsibility within their accounts. And then they would loop me in to say, hey, just want to let you know this went on. I took care of it. Here's how I handled it. And it just changed the dynamic of the team. And it, having those standing meetings created, helped me create that team of self-leaders that I really needed. Brilliant, right? Brilliant. Yes. But, but you learn, you know, and a lot of people are afraid to do the one-on-ones because exactly like you were feeling, except you walk through it, is like, well, what do I say? What do I do? And they don't know. So we'll give people a very specific structure that they could just integrate. But, you, you know, the thing is with employees, you don't want them to feel like they get called to the principal's office when they're in trouble, you know? And if we're not doing regular one-on-one -on -one meetings, that's what it becomes like. It becomes like, oh, gotta go and, you know, talk to Jamie, something must be going on. And we really don't want them to feel that way. Um, so it needs to be just a regular part of the process. Yep. Yeah. And I was right there. I had one of my team members. She was a remote team member when the rest of my team was in the office. And I am so thankful that when we were having a conversation with her, myself, and my manager about uh, performance issues, and my manager asked the question, um, kind of like, you know, how she was feeling about everything in the relationship. I am so thankful that she made the comment that she said she felt like we had a really negative relationship that I only talked to her when something was going wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, Oh my goodness. Like it was painful to hear, but I needed to hear it. And like, I, like I said, I'm so thankful that she was brave enough to say that yes. because it taught me that I needed to change. And it, and we did change, we changed our relationship. We went back to having like those standing meetings and making it so even if there was something negative we needed to talk about, we didn't make it the entire conversation. It was like, okay, let's, let's talk about everything else first, or <laughs> let's talk about what we need to talk about the elephant in the room, the issue that was going on. And she just happened to be in a position where if there was something going on with the accounts, with the programs with stuff, she was involved with it, not because she was 
causing the issue because she was involved in helping to identify and fix the issue. So um, we had a lot of conversations of, okay, there's this issue going on, but we stopped it from being all about the issues and started actually forming a relationship. Boom. Powerful transformation, right? Yes. Yes. Very powerful. That's awesome. Amazing. All right. Before we wrap up today, there is something else I wanted to ask about. And way back at the beginning, you were talking about not firing, like kind of like when you should and, um, you know, making those mistakes too. And I feel like that is something that small business owners find themselves in a lot. Like they, they identify that maybe they didn't do their due diligence and they hired the wrong person or for whatever reason, the person that they hired is no longer a fit and it's not workable. Like it's not something that can be worked out and the person needs to go. But then they start feeling this, but I can't fire someone because now they're a human in this emotional side. So what do you have to say about that? Well, you know, it's, it's a tough position to get yourself into. And I clearly understand the emotion that's involved with it. But you have to really look at a couple of things. Number one, have I clearly defined for this person what their objectives are? And I find that a lot of times we don't have clear objectives that are written out for the people who work for us. So when you hire somebody, at least have three to five main objectives that you expect them to be accomplishing or working on in the year during the year. But what you could do is you have a conversation with the person and you say, you know, these are the main objectives that I've identified for this position. And here's where I see your performance at in comparison. And what I would like to do is to coach you so that you can really achieve these objectives. Um, And I'm wondering what you think about that. Do you think that you have the skill, the knowledge, the capability? So you really want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence because there's a lot of people out there who are mismanaged. um, And then there's a lot of people that we just get tired of managing, but we're not documenting anything. So it really makes it harder um, sometimes to really feel good about firing them. And I like to do what I call more of helping people self-select out like, oh, no, you know, Miss Jones, this position is not for me because I don't have these characteristics. I don't have these qualities. I can't meet these objectives. So if you have poor performers, lower performing people, they may easily, once you clearly identify what the expectations are and what the dreamy characteristics and qualities of, of a person who is in that position is, then they'll be like, oh, wait a second, that's not me or I don't care to be that person. Then it just really empowers you to be like, all right, well, let's give it two weeks and here's what I'd like to see from you. And if not, here's what the end result is going to be. And then what support do you need for me so that you could be achieving these objectives in the next week or two? So you really approach it from being full disclosure about what your expectations are with the objectives, what your expectations are in terms of the characteristics and qualities that they're going to be possessing. Uh, You know, that's one way, you know, and it's a different story if they're like a new person and um, they're different than who they said they would be in the interview process. So that would be like a different conversation to have. But if you're talking about somebody who's been with you for a while and you're just at the point where it's like, who did I hire here? And they're just not performing. Lay out the objectives, lay out the characteristics and qualities and have a conversation and let them know that you're just wondering if they're they're really the right team member who can fulfill this position, but you want to give them every chance to prove themselves. And I think that's a very loving, kind way to go about it. 
I love that. Like, uh, especially cause the whole thing we started on today is you don't want a team that makes you hate your job, but you don't need team members that hate their job too. And sometimes no matter what you do, it is not the right job for them. So they need to, to leave and helping them, re- helping them realize that it's not the right job because you're being clear of expectations. You're giving them the opportunity to improve. You're helping them and everything. And them still being like, you know what, this isn't for me. And having them leave on that good note to go find the right thing for them is what's best for everybody. Right. You know, and the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be a raving fan of your company saying, wow, you know, they really, uh, my manager really gave me the opportunity to grow over there. And I so appreciate that. And even though it didn't work out, it really helped me to see it wasn't for me. And now I've got this job that I absolutely love. Woo! You know, so you don't know what's going to happen, but if your people won't grow under your leadership, realize it's okay. If they grow underneath somebody else's be willing to let go. Yes. I love that. And especially being small business owners, the position that you hire for them or hire them for, excuse me, is most likely not going to be the exact same position that your business has or needs a year down the road, two years down the road, five years down the road, because your business is growing and changing. So what you need today might be a completely different makeup of a person tomorrow. And the same person might not even want to fill those new responsibilities. So creating this environment where you're guiding them, supporting them and encouraging them to do what's right for them, even if it means leaving your business is going to make everybody happier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is so true. And if you get to a place where you start thinking a lot of negative thoughts about the people who are working for you, take that as a sign that it is time for a change. It is time to start managing a little bit differently because those negative thoughts will just accumulate and accumulate. And then they're going to totally disconnect you from your vision, from your passion. And chances are, if you're feeling disconnected from the heart of your business, from your vision, nobody else is going to be able to connect with it. And that is critically important to really realize because people are buying into your vision based on emotion, whether it's a client, whether it's an employee. And if you're disconnected, they're going to be disconnected. Yes. Yep. So it's not just about loving your business. It's about loving your business so you can grow, thrive, and achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. All right, Julie. Well, we are coming to the end. So how can everybody get in touch with you? This one by so crazy fast. I absolutely love this topic. So thank you so much again for having me. If you would love to get on my calendar for a free getting unstuck session. So let's say you're a manager and you're like, all right, I've got these people, not sure what I do. Feel free to hop on over to juliebartkus.com, J-U-L-I-E-B-A-R-T as in Tom, K-U-S. Dot com And there's a free getting unstuck consultation that you could go ahead and fill out an app for. So we'll make sure you're the right fit for it. And then I will go ahead and have a conversation with you and help you really get to the next level of where you want to grow. Perfect. And we'll be sure to share. We'll be sure to share the links to that in the full show notes on growingyourteam.com. All awesome. right. 
So Julie, my last question that I love to ask all my guests, we have all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? And I'm sure this is probably something that you have a great answer to seeing thinking of great leaders is one of the things you advised us to do during this episode. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So one of my, my best boss is what I call, I did an article on this called my best boss ever. My best boss, my most inspirational leader, her name was Michelle. We worked in corporate America and she really took me under her wing and um, corporate America was crazy. Worked there eight years, probably had 20 different bosses. So I had a lot of supervisors and I studied them a lot saying, what are they doing? That's right. What are they doing? That's demotivating. But I had Michelle and one of the things that I loved about Michelle was that she was just very authentic, very genuine. And I remember one day sitting there in my cubicle, I just accepted a promotion with her and I was working on an email. And she came up, stood behind me and said, hey, Julie, I realize that your emails aren't sounding so good. I don't really think that you could write that well, at least not these emails. <laughs> and I was like, at first I was like, oh, what, what? And, and, and she's like, but you know what? Let's go ahead and let's get you some help and let's help you turn this into a strength. And she had the bravery to say that to me, not in any special way, but she said it and she allowed me and helped me develop a plan to improve that skill. And now I went on and I have a best-selling Amazon book. So now I feel like I could write pretty well, but it takes people with courage and strength to be able to really help people grow. And to help them be really, not to sound too sloganish, but to be all that they can be. And yes. we have so much power as leaders that we can tap into. And she, on that day, in that moment, proved to me in my life how powerful the force she would be by just being honest, but also knowing I'm not alone. And she wasn't one of those people to give a lot of gifts and give a lot of like celebrations and kudos. She's just a very real person, but she was honest. She told me the way things were and she had my back and that's what made her my best boss ever. Um, that is awesome. And just think a boss could have not told you that you mm -hmm. could have continued to not have great emails and <laughs> it could have held you back in your career and your business and, yes. and everything. So her having, like you said, the courage to tell you that, and then not just telling it to you and running, but helping you develop a plan to improve in that area, a critical area to succeed in business. She made such an impact. Yes. Yes. And I want to encourage every manager, every leader listening to this is that your people for the most part, want to grow. They want to grow. They want the same thing that you want from them. They just don't know how to get there. And if you don't know how to get them there, let's hop on a call and let's work through it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So love that. And yes, reach out to Julie. If you need that help to get there, you are growing your team, you're hiring great people. So now let's make sure you are able to manage them well, help them live in their strengths and be everything that you need them to be. So you can grow your business. Beautiful. So, yes. Thank you, Julie, so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. You were an amazing guest and shared so much great information. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And that wraps up 
this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.